Amen. Good morning and welcome to Communitas Church. We are a church that exists to love God and to love people and to serve the kingdom represented here in the Brainerd Lakes area and beyond. Uh, Thank you for showing up this morning. We have worshipped the Lord through song. We have worshipped the Lord through uh, giving, through the the tithes and offerings. This is the part of our service where we worship the Lord through communion. Later on this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about why it is that we preach. Why do we have a sermon time um, and just kind of the importance of words. And I think it's important in a service, as we, we discussed a little bit last week, when we talked about why we do communion I think a service should, much like our lives, there should be, you know, we should have a good sense of, of, of good doctrine, good words, good understanding, but then also, uh, you know, that needs to be matched by good practice. You know, there's, there's that kind of, when we, uh, we've got to talk the talk, but then we've also got to walk the walk. And so the way that we do communion here is uh, we have, we practice open communion. If you are a Christian, whether you're a member of this church here or not, uh, you are welcome to come forward to this meal. And this meal is, uh, was done many years ago. It was, uh, it's based off of a traditional Hebrew meal. And Jesus and his friends gathered together shortly before he died. And they celebrated this meal. And, and we do this meal in remembrance of that time. And it was, it's kind of his way of, of one last, one last lesson, one last time together, one last demonstration of, of what it was like to, uh, to lay down your life and, and to live this kingdom mentality that he was, he was preaching about. Uh, and so we've got some elements set up to your right, to your left, and here up in the front. And we're going to take a time of, of silent reflection. And I just want us to, to take, take a moment. And if you've got kids, uh, we will leave that up to you, parents, as to whether or not they partake in communion with us. We'll leave that up to your discernment. And we understand that during moments of silence, kids sometimes make noise and they squirm. Some, just like adults, sometimes squirm and, and make noise, and that's okay. We're uh, we're going to be gracious and, and demonstrative of how how we're supposed to treat one another, and uh, and we're going to be kind and, and we'll we'll work with that. Um, so the kids are welcome to stay in here, but let's take a few moments in silence just to reflect on on our week, on our month, on the last year. And just taking stock of where we're at uh, with the Lord. What's that looking like for us? And in light of, of this communion meal, this time where, where the Lord said, okay, we, I've, we've gathered together and, and now we're going to go out uh, as people in, in my name. Um, and what does that look like for us? So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll just take a few moments to think about that, to pray. Uh, and then as you're ready, go ahead and come up to the front grab some elements from any one of the stations and bring them back to your seat and we'll take all as one after a short reading. So time of reflection, grab as you are prepared and then uh, hold it with you back at your seat and we'll all take as one, uh, one body.
While Jesus and his disciples were gathered together in that upper room for this last meal, Jesus took the bread and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Toward the end of the meal, in similar fashion, he took the cup and he said, This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Getting a little bit of buzz in the monitor, is that normal? Okay. preached here for a couple months, never really noticed it. There's a reason I'm a pastor and not a detective. So for the last few weeks, we've been going through this series, Why Do We Blank? Oh, Children's Church. Yeah, sure. That's probably good. If you are little, this is the time of our service where you get to, uh, yes, do you have a question? Or you just want to wave and say hi? You're just little. You're little. It's true. You are little. So during this time, we have a special service just for you all. So if you want to go over by that door, Jeff and Bailey and Miss Megan, and uh, I'm not sure who all else is going to be out out there, but they've got something great for you. Uh, Lord, thank you for these kids, and I thank you for these teachers. Um, And we acknowledge that there is no uh, generation that has a priority in your eyes over another that they're all important. Uh, and so, Lord, we, we ask that you would continue to be with these kids and with these teachers during this time, that they would learn about you, learn to love you, and what it, lear- what it looks like to, to walk in your ways. And we thank you for your grace, and it's our prayer that um, it would not just be the kids who learn these things, but us as well, and that we would demonstrate that to them and to others in our lives throughout this week. Amen. So, we have been going through this series, Why Do We Blank? We've talked about why do we gather in the first place? Why is it so important that that we set aside a time throughout the week to gather with one another? And, uh, And we've talked about why do we sing? Why is it that once we do gather, we get together and we sing? We talked about why, you know, why songs are important and there's something different and unique about them. And then we talked about why do we give? Why do we pass some little containers around and why do people put money in it? Why, what's important about that? What's, what does that show about, about our hearts and how do we express our faith in that way? And what does it say about what we think about God? And then we talked last week about communion, that meal that we just took. Why is why is that important? It's, it's some crackers and it's some juice. Like what, what's, but why do we do it? Um, and just kind of how that was, you know, how that demonstrates and is, is this, great, this great metaphor of the faith. And so this week we're going to talk about why do we preach? Why is it that someone gets up in front, uh, Christian services throughout the world, there's this, this common thing, it seems like, regardless of your denominational affiliation, every Sunday there's some dude or, or woman, uh, dudette, up in front, preaching. Why, why is that? Um, and so we're going to take some time, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, the basis 
of our of this series and the the grounding text that we keep going back to is Acts 2 chapter 42 through 47. So if you have a mobile device and you want to follow along on that, feel free to pull that out and uh, swipe, press, slide, do whatever it is that you have to do. Uh, use Siri if you need to, um, although it could be distracting to those around you. If you have a, a paper Bible, Acts is after John and, uh, excuse me, after, yeah, after John, uh, about this far into the Bible. It's a New Testament book. And so we'll be in in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Lord, we thank you for your, your word and for your words. We thank you that they're active and they, they live in and among us. We pray that they would continue to transform our lives uh, as we continue to be molded and shaped into your image. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Let there be sky above the waters. Let there be animals. Let there be fish. Let there be creepy things crawl along the ground. Let there be trees, plants. Let there be man, woman. Later, he spoke to Moses and God said, here's how I'd like my people to live. Throughout the time of the prophets, God was speaking to the prophets in all sorts of ways so that they would speak to the people about how they were to live, who God was, and how his kingdom was supposed to look. Jesus came and spoke to his disciples in a way that you and I ought to speak to one another. After Jesus died, his friend John wrote an account of his life and the very first line reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He continues speaking of Jesus later in verse 14, and he says, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. So, in short, why do we preach? Why do we speak these words? Well, we preach and we speak these words because God is one who speaks and preaches. Because there's something about language, right? There's a man named Jim Murphy, he's a youth pastor in Bemidji. 
And he used to be a youth pastor in Forest Lake, and he spent a lot of time talking with this young man named Jason. And Jason spent a lot of time talking with me in math and shop class during our freshman year. And one of the things he talked about a lot was about this man named Jesus and what it looked like to walk in his ways, to live as he lived, to be forgiven and to accept grace and to grow in ability to love. And as a result of those words, the Holy Spirit came into my life and set up shop and has taken residence ever since. While Megan and I were living in uh, just outside of Boston, we were planning on moving back to Minnesota, and, uh, and we had a, a conversation. We spoke some words. We expressed some feelings and some thoughts and some ideas. And what we thought was going to be a road trip to Bemidji turned out to be a road trip to Brainerd. And when we were thinking about where are we going to go in Brainerd, what are we going to do, How, what's, what's life going to look like, one of the questions that came up was, well, where are we going to go to church? We need to get connected right away. And so went online, read some things about Communitas. One of the things that I read uh, was a name. I realized that my friend Chris was here and he was helping out with the youth. I saw those his, his name, his, those words that describe part of who he is as an identifier. And I thought, well, yeah, if Chris goes here... like. It can't be all bad. Let's check it out. So on, on our own faith journeys, right? Like how, how is it, you know, how have you gotten to where you are? Whether, regardless of, of whether you're a Christian or not, as you're going along, there's, there's certain words that form and shape your thoughts, your feelings, your disposition, your leanings spiritually. And so when we think about how do we get to where you are, like words are important, even how did you get here today? 824 Laurel Street, you know, where you just kind of, I mean, some of us, it's, you know, we're kind of walking around, we get, we get some vibe and maybe you walked in. But I think for most of us, you know, we, we, read, we read something, we heard something, you know, it probably wasn't a mime, but, you know, something more concrete that all of a sudden, 10 o'clock, Sunday morning, Communitas Church, weekly gathering. And so, and so we're here, right? Because there's, there's something different. Last week we talked about how we're kind of unique as humans and that we're the only animal in the animal kingdom that eats off of a table with one another. And as far as I know, uh, we're, the only, we're the only species that communicates in a written verb- verbal language. And so I think that's kind of cool. And so I think that, that, that should say something and begin to open up this dialogue and our thoughts and this idea of, well, why do we preach? Well, because there's, there's something about it that carries with it this intrinsic power that moves us and is, and, and is unique to us and helps us. In the Old Testament, uh, so this, this word teaching that we read about in Acts, its Old Testament counterpart in the New Testament, it talks about it's, it's kind of this idea of the actions of a learner and the Old Test, or the actions of a teacher. In the Old Testament, it also carries with it this notion of study. And so we see from the beginning that there's this idea, so we're, we're a learner, and then in the New Testament that moves more into these, this action of a teacher and the, the ways that we, that we convey ideas. And so from the get-go, there's this notion that we're to be learners, but then we're also to be teachers. And that there's this kind of a circular relationship that the more we teach, the more we're going to learn. And 
the more we learn, the more we have a responsibility to teach. Uh, a friend of mine is a, is a professor, and one of the things he always likes to say is he says, he opens up his classes and he says, I'm a professor, and he's like, and I like it, I like it more than being a student because I get paid and I learn more. It was just kind of his, you know, he's like, yeah, I like it because I, you know, I, I learn more. And so there is, there's something about once you try to teach something that it makes these ideas concrete, these words, all of a sudden you have to express them and put them into, into a package, into this idea and, and, and present them. And it, it's helpful. And so I think, you know, God's up to something and he's showing us something here. And we see this progression. Before we get too far, I want to, I want to just, there's this really tight line that I think that we walk in. There's, there's some cultural aspects that I want to acknowledge, um, but I want us to, it, sh- it should hopefully kind of wake us up to a broader biblical understanding of, of what preaching is and what, what it could be and, and what we can make that look like here uh, at our Sunday morning services, but then also throughout the week in our service to the community. And that's that there's this idea of uh, we need to separate just a little bit or acknowledge the difference between preaching and teaching and sermonizing. And so every week we get up and there's, we have, we have sermons. There's this, you know, there's a practice of sermonizing it. You know, I spend some time in preparation. I read, I think, I pray, I discuss with other people. It's pretty common throughout most, most people that get up and, and preach on a Sunday morning. That's, that's kind of a, that's a pretty common thing. I think it's pretty wise. You want to spend a little bit of time in prayer and a little bit of time in study before you get up and, and speak in front of a bunch of people. But that isn't the only way that we teach. And we see that, that you know, throughout Scripture, we see Jesus teaching in a number of ways. Sometimes he teaches more as, a, as an expert. They talk about that when he's, when he's in the temple. You know, he's, he's speaking as, a, as an expert authority and the, the, other, the other teachers acknowledge this. like, man, this dude is, is really sharp. And he's like, yeah, I kind of wrote it. But then there's also this formal authority. And sometimes we have people like that in our lives, you know, where, where there's just something about them that they, you know, they seem to have an authority on certain topics. And so you just kind of follow their lead. Uh, earlier this week, uh, we, we closed on a house here a few weeks back and, and I was, we're doing some stuff around the house and, and I, I called PJ over and, uh, he swung over. You know, we talked a little bit about some of the things that were going on and I'm listening to him because I, I respect him as a person and I also respect that he's been a contractor for longer than I've been alive. Right. And so there's, there's certain parts about that that, that are gonna, there's gonna be some formal authority, you know, that goes on there. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to emphasize a point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then there's also, we also see that, you know, he, he also leads by example, right? Like there's some people in your life that you just, you just watch what they do and you learn things. Uh, I, I help out with the, the high school mountain bike team, and there are some really fantastic riders out there, most of whom are, are younger than me, and it's just embarrassing when they just blow you out of the water. But as they're riding away, you get to watch the way that they, that they pick their line and they do things. And, and if you start to model that and do that, all of a sudden you find that you, you, know, you get to be 
faster. We see that in sports. We see this in, in music. We see this in a lot of things. You, you see people who are a little bit better than you, who may be a little more experienced, and you can be jealous of them and be cold-hearted and, and turned off and just hang it up, or you can humble yourself and say, I need to, I need to step up my game a little bit, and you can, you can watch the way that they do these things. And then as you, as you continue to learn and grow, and we see Jesus do this as well, as, you know, he's, he spends this time, he, you know, he speaks as an expert, he, you know, he's this, he, there's this relational authority that he has with his disciples. You know, he models it, he walks around, and, and we see him acting out the words that he's preaching throughout the stories in, in the New Testament. And then, and then he also delegates. He says, hey, you know, this isn't a message just for you to listen to and learn and hold on to. But I also, like, part of this message is, is there's some action that's required. You got to give this away. You know, like, it would be, it would be really a shame if every lesson that I ever learned or that every lesson that we ever learned in our lives, we just held on to that and we never gave it away. Right? Have you ever been around those people where they're, they're, they're just this fount of knowledge, you know, that you know that they know how to do things, but they just kind of withhold it and they're just really stingy with it? Those people aren't really pleasant to be around. But then have you also noticed like there's those other people that like when you're with them, anything that they know, they'll share with you anything, you know, like they just, they just want to equip you and, 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 and set you up for success. And we see that Christ demonstrates this as well throughout the New Testament. And, you know, he's talking with his disciples and he's saying, Hey, look, I've, I've, I've forgiven you. I've shown you grace. And I want you now to, to take that grace and that forgiveness. And I want you to go out and I want you to show that to others. And I want you to proclaim the message that I've been preaching. You know, we see throughout scripture, we see people like, you know, they hear God's message like this and they go, yeah, God, I don't know if you heard me talk before, but it doesn't come out right. Like you say it, I believe it. Then I speak it and it just sounds weird. And, and God says, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work with you through that. My spirit is going to be present with you in that. So even in our own lives, as we're, as we're talking with our classmates, our coworkers, our teammates, our friends, our family, the people we hang out with, people we just see on the street, are there going to be times where we're going to, we're going to try to speak truth and truthfully and encouragingly to them? And is, and is that going to come out sideways once in a while? Absolutely. Has anyone ever like tried to to say something kind to someone and it just like it's taken completely the wrong way. You know, like this happens. There's a breakdown in language. And so while, while words express concrete ideas, there's also uh, this, this notion that, yeah, words fail us. And we talked about that last week too, right? Like that's kind of the important piece of communion. Like there's, there's preaching because we have concrete ideas. And then there's communion, which expresses this in communicable idea. This this idea that cannot entirely be expressed in words. And so just like our service, both of them, so should our lives have both. And so we see through, and some, and now I know that, you know, as it pertains to us here, some of you are thinking, okay, so what does that have to do with, with me personally? And, you know, if, we observe the other, the other four elements of our service. There's a kind of a communal thing, right? That happens, right? Like everybody's kind of, and you know, we're all called together. We're all called to, to give. We're all called to sing. We're all called to the communion table. 
what about, like, does that mean that we're all going to get in this rotation and come up here and preach? Like, some of you are like, yeah, I'd, I'd be cool with that. Some of you, like, you are absolutely mortified of this idea. And that's okay. Because while God has called us to be able to teach, there, he's also not called everyone to get up and, and preach here up to sermonize. Uh, there's some distinction that are made throughout the New Testament. And so if we read through uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, there's this, this conversation, and Paul's writing, and he's saying, hey, there's some people in your church, you want to set them up to be leaders. And, and he, he sets out this list of qualifications. And one of them is that you know, if you're going to be uh, an elder or a deacon in the church, he says they should be able to teach. They should be able to take this faith that they're living out, and they should be able to teach it to other people. Right? Pretty simple. Doesn't say, hey, they, doesn't say that you know they need to be a total expert. Doesn't need to say, hey, they they need to have the best podcast on iTunes. They don't need to be New York Times bestseller. They just need to be able to convey the ideas in this book and, and that have been lived out through Christ, and just convey it in others in a way that moves them closer to the Lord. And then on the. So on the, so there's, so that's, that should be, so that's something that for us as a collective body toward which we should be striving, right? So it's not to say that everyone's going to have to come up here and preach. It isn't to say that we all need to practice our, our, the, the technical word is the, the homiletics, the, the practice of, of preaching, public speaking, this sermonizing. It isn't necessarily to say that we all need to practice and become great preachers, but we should all you know, continue to develop our skills in teaching other people the ins and the outs of the faith. Uh, Kurt and I had lunch this week, and one of the things we talked about is that there are certain places that that I can go and, and, and I can say things and I can do things and people will listen. There are certain th- places that he can go and he can say things and he can do things and people will listen. And it's because God has equipped us and given us, and we've talked about this, I think, in, in weeks past too, that there's different languages that we use to express ourselves. And, and so we have kind of a, our own native tongue. You know, that we will, it's, we can all be speaking English, but it's all, it's gonna be a different thing. And so there's just a certain manner of expression. And that's, and God uses that in those various areas to help bring people closer to Him. Uh, and then He also, uh, the author of Hebrews, uh, offers this, this kind of, this word of advice. Some of us were going, yeah, I'm just, I just don't know if I'm ready. I I think I'm still in the learning phase. I just don't know if I'm ready. And they wait and they wait and they wait. And the author of Hebrews is like, hey, uh, you should be on to steak right now. You should be on to solid foods. Like it's really kind of this, this first century insult. And he says, hey, you should be on milk, but, or you should be on solid food, but you're on milk. Essentially what he's saying is quit being a baby. Like step up to the plate a little bit. And, and it's not meant to be demeaning, but it's meant to kind of, jar us a little bit to say, yeah, okay, so maybe you don't have a PhD. Jesus didn't either. He had a devotion to the scriptures and a connection with the Father. And he went out and he taught and he spoke to people and he walked this this life. And his disciples, if you look at the disciples, and they were just, you know, they were boatmen, tax collectors, you know, a couple of them had some some education, but you know, most of them was just they're watching how Jesus did it, and they learned, and they were transformed by this message. And they say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna teach it because we've we've seen the way that you've done it." 
And so what does that look like in our lives? If you were to look through those, those different, those different ways that Jesus teaches, you know, as, as the expert, as the, as that formal authority, uh, as the one who, you know, leads by personal example and the one that, you know, that delegates and sends out and kind of facilitates these discussions, where are you at? What have you been up to? How are you growing in your ability in, in each of those areas? Because some of us, you know, we don't need to, the expert thing. I think we can approach that with, with caution. Is it, is it wise to study and, and to, to build up some knowledge? Sure. But there's also a warning about, you know, don't get too involved with vain discussions and things that are going to be really fruitless. I think, you know, it's, it's really easy, especially all the different, you know, social media avenues that we have nowadays which are great. Like it is phenomenal that we have so many avenues through which we can express ourselves and use words and get out and be creative. But there's also with those, there's the flip side where some of it, you look at it and you just go, that was kind of fruitless, you know? So don't hear me say, don't use social media, use social media, just use it wisely and don't enter into vain discussions. Because we see this in, you know, these, these people in acts, they catch this, this vision that God has described for them. They hear these words that he has spoken and, and their, their lives are being transformed. They're taking this forgiveness that Jesus has offered them and they say, I can't help but express it and get out. And I'm, I'm listening to these apostles and what they're teaching us and then it's soaking in and it's changing my life and I just got to get out. And, and we see it, right? It's, it's made evident in the fact that they're, they're giving stuff away to people that need it. And they're sharing their meals and their time with one another and they're, they're, they're free. They're liberated. And our, our words have power to do that in our lives and in the lives of others. And so what kind of truth are we speaking to one another? What are the ways in which we're encouraging? What are the ways in which we're rebuking or, or kind of calling people to the carpet? And when we do that, are we, are we following Jesus' personal example? And, and are we doing it in such a manner that, that facilitates people to move closer to the cross, closer to Christ? Are we doing it in a way that's going to send people out to proclaim his kingdom? Wouldn't it be awesome if we as a church did that? Isn't it awesome that we as a church can do that? And isn't it awesome that we as a church as a church have been called to do that? We've been we've been given all the resources that we need to do that, and we've been asked to go out. And as we talked last week, the the same roads that bring us here are the same roads that bring us back out into the place where we get to go and, and speak these truths and to talk to people and to learn, and to teach. As we, I, I also talked a few weeks back how I've spent more time as the, in the band than I have up front. Uh, and as a new pastor, my goal is not to become a great preacher. Uh, my goal is to spend time getting to know you all and getting to know this body. Because in getting to know the body, that, I think that, that's probably more helpful in uh, learning how to preach than in you know, reading a bunch of books on preaching. 
Uh, I think people are, are more important than books. Books are good. People are, are more important. And so in coming weeks and in coming months, one of the, we, we want to try to, we're, the hope is that we're able to use this time not just for the, not just for this oral presentation, but hopefully we can do some, maybe, you know, we can do some interviews, do some, some drama, use all the different ways that we see that Jesus teaches people, and hopefully we can demonstrate some of those from the stage in order to kind of help people understand that, yeah, there's other ways that we can communicate and how to use these ways in our conversations with others. So if you're creative and you think, yeah, I, uh, I've always wondered why this preaching time was 20 minutes of some guy talking and the rest of us listening, I think there's a better way to do it. I'm all ears. I would love to hear that because there's, we serve a creative God. And it would be blasphemous for us to sit up here and not serve him creatively. So in our lives and, and in, our, in, our, in our church service and in our service to our community, what's it going to take? What's it going to look like for us to continue to, to broaden our understanding and our, our idea of what it looks like to teach? And what are the ways that we can continue to, ve- to develop as learners and as teachers? And, and for some of us here who, you know, we, maybe we've been walking in it for a while and, and you know, what are the ways that you can take some of that knowledge and, and you can start to start to learn from other people? some of the other teachers and maybe all the, I know that for me for a long time, listen to a lot of podcasts, right? Like you can, you can listen to pretty much anybody that you want to uh, nowadays. And you can listen to people that are far more experienced and and far better preachers than I am. Uh, Instead of just listening for content, also listen to how they teach. What is it that makes them effective and how can you start to use that in your own lives? And if you're in here today and you're just going, I have, I have no idea what the Bible is, right? You're just kind of kicking around the tires of the faith. That's fine. There's, there's space in here for that. And there's space in here for that. We welcome questions. We welcome those who take the posture of a learner. And we pray that you would continue to, to seek and to learn. And we're here to help you with that. And so if you've got questions, man, grab myself or Nick or any one of the elders that are around here or you know, people can, can point you in our direction. We'd love to have that conversation. And it's not just about you know, coming in and preaching, but it's about conversation. It's about that meal that we share. It's about the time together and personal example. And we want to walk with people through that. So Lord, as we go out today, would these words change and transform our lives? Would your presence here among us be something that is, is formative for us? We see the way that you've worked throughout language. We see the way that you're constantly bringing about transformation in the lives of the people that you speak with. And Lord, give us words and help us to understand your words more clearly. 
We thank you for our time together today and as we sing words, Lord. Let our worship continue after the song is over and throughout our week. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. Amen.